Hello and welcome to episode three of the So So Show. It's a podcast especially for Southampton, hosted by her, Zoe Hanson. And him, Simon Clark. How are you? Do you know what? I'm good. I'm feeling really good this week, actually. We've got some schoolwork done and, I mean, it may have only been half an hour, but, you know, it was schoolwork. I've decided that looking at schoolwork, if I say that it's schoolwork, she doesn't do it, right? She's seven years old. She just kicks against it. So I've I've just tweaked it. And now we do timed tables in chalk on the driveway. Nice. <laughs> Making schoolwork fun. I love it. I think one of the other things that's helped us about this week as well is the weather. Having some oh, sunshine yeah. has made all the difference. Hasn't yeah, it? just a bit. Eh? Like um, on Tuesday, um, I went for a little drive around Southampton and then we went to Mayflower Park and realised that the ice cream stall is open so we had a Mr Whippy by the water how lovely eh you've got to support these local traders who haven't been able to get out there for a couple of months it's like being away even if it's just for 10 minutes it's like being away and I know that people are moaning about the amount of people out and about but Mm. you know what sometimes you've just got to do that it's just a little bit of a break from your house you know on Monday I took my bike down to the new forest and when i say took my bike down to the new forest i put it in the car right i drove to the new forest and then i went for a bike ride right. around the new forest <laughs> yeah and i managed to coincide my bike ride to take me to my favorite part of hampshire which is avon beach right nice i got there and the sun on the water right was just incredible i spoke to a local who said the visitor numbers that they've had there recently have, has made it feel a bit more like avon beach 30 years ago oh. but there were still people enjoying social distance with small children who were playing in the sea that I noticed the little coffee kiosk had reopened and the uh, the fish and chip shop window had reopened as well so it's nice to see that things are slowly getting back to normal and just about everybody I saw was socially distancing and carrying on the way they should have been it's just a bit of life isn't it that's what we're sort of we're sort of disconnected from life so mm. to go out and have those things to do it's just really nice isn't it it just reminds you there's people around everybody's still carrying on and were there loads of people down there or was it all right it wasn't loads of people it was just people walking dogs and young mums with young children who decided to go to the beach they were obviously all locals one thing to bear in mm. mind of course although the the chip shop kiosk window was open and the coffee shop was open the toilets were still closed which is um (laughs) surprising many people but it's worth bearing in mind definitely definitely and this is it so so i live in west end um we went for a little walk down at itchin valley country park Mm. and i know that we can only go to there and go for a little walk for an hour because no public toilets are open (laughs) so as much as they say you can have a day out no only if you take a potty with you (laughs) (laughs) which at your age is not dignified Uh, Oh, I feel awful saying that. (laughs) Well, it's great to see that life is slowly starting to return to normal in one shape or form around the city. Everything's sort of springing back into action or trying to do what they can, Mm. right? So I know that in Hamble, they have set up Hamble Zoo. You may never have heard of Hamble Zoo. I've never heard of Hamble Zoo. Have you never heard of Hamble Zoo? Have you never been for a day out to Hamble Zoo, Simon? No. 
I thought the only exciting thing in handball was that big red fake red arrows jet. <laughs> the goalpost box. Okay, yeah. And the pubs. Uh, but handball, they have set up handball zoo. So if you have, if you live in handball, um, you were asked if you had any sort of animal soft toys <laughs> or anything that sort of had a picture of an animal or kids were told to do like chalk drawings of animals. And then they called it handball zoo and they had signs up for handball zoo. And wherever you you drive around Hamble at the moment you can see all these different animals. that's such a cool idea <laughs> isn't it brilliant i thought it was lovely um you've got the rainbow trail at hatchgrange i've enjoyed doing that a couple of times what's that well it's just a walk around the woods but you're following the rainbows and obviously with a seven-year-old daughter that's obviously the favorite thing to do at the moment so it just gets you out on a walk and it's just it's just really lovely people are really nice over there there's something similar at riverside park where they've got superheroes cable tied to branches of trees and you have to walk around (laughs) riverside park looking for spider-man and iron man and all the rest of it i thought that was a really cool idea that's brilliant and then you know what in hedge end yeah you know mighty adventures golf in hedge end up by the motorway that reopened this week because it's golf so you can go and play golf through the dinosaurs. I'm actually starting to feel sorry for those people who are having to work at home and can't get oh. into a playing golf with the dinosaurs or following the rainbow trail. My parents play golf. That's like dinosaurs playing golf. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm going to get so told off for that. Um, Mayflower Park is where I went. I sort of went down there and thought, right, we'll just spend 10 minutes in the sunshine beside the water. That would be nice. But there was more to it, actually, than that. We've been sat there for about two minutes and a couple pulled up in their car and they get out with a little Labrador puppy in a bag. (laughs) And they said, this is the first time our puppy has been out of the house because of lockdown. She's never met any children or any other people than us. Would your daughter be able to come over and say hello? Well, my little one doesn't need asking twice. She's over there and that's her for half an hour. There's mummy jumping around needing a wee. And um, yeah, she's there. But in the beginning, the puppy was quite scared. And then, and then by the time we were leaving, the puppy had her head in... Lois's lap. Um, it was so sweet. It was so sweet. Anyway, so, so I thought, right, okay, we've been here for half an hour now, so let, let's just go home. So we drive round, you know, the park, but in the middle. Yeah, yeah. We drive round that, and it was only when we get to the end, towards the exit, that I realised that the ice cream kiosk was open. <laughs> well, we carried on back round to our initial parking space. <laughs> Say, come on, we're going to go get a 99. So, yes, so heads up. That ice cream shop is open for a Mr. Whippy. We went over to get an ice cream and we're coming back with, you know, faces covered in vanilla. And um, this lady pokes her head out of the, the, the car, car window and says, um, excuse me. And I thought, oh, God, what have I done now? She says, excuse me, your daughter is stunning. I was like... Well, that's a bit strange, isn't it? But how sweet for somebody to say yeah, that. Especially given that she probably had hundreds and thousands stuck to her chin, and yeah. sort of sauce in her hair, and a flake sticking out of her ear. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, okay, I'm glad we went to Mayflower Park now. I love the story about the puppy. And I imagine lockdown has been an absolute godsend for anyone who has just 
taken a pet like a puppy on because you obviously have to stay at home with said yes. puppy and you haven't had the choice but not to really uh, i was thinking about getting another cat and i did some research last night on cat rehoming places local to me um, and i think i might have the winner he's like my last cat who was a main coon mm. very fluffy they get quite big but it's because they're big bone rather than overweight that's what we all say isn't it and this main coon <laughs> is called lord Fluffington. Oh, I love it. I've got to get Lord Fluffington. He's got to come and live with me. If only for the fact that all subsequent cats could be Lord Fluffington the second, Lord Fluffington the third. <laughs> Never have to worry about thinking of a cat name again. <laughs> Just for that reason. <laughs> so you're talking about how the touristy things are getting back to normal. Obviously, a lot of people are thinking about going back to work soon as well. Mm-hmm. And how is the city's public transport going to cope with that? Well, we've got a guest today who can explain. Yes, I have been speaking to Andrew Wickham, MD of Go South Coast Buses, who gave us his story of lockdown. So obviously we're following the government advice all the time, but the other thing that's happened is that everybody else is following the government advice and staying at home, or they certainly were initially, and so demand for our services, people wanting to use our services, absolutely plummeted. Right. And it sort of ended up at about 12, 13% of, of where it normally is. Wow. Um, now, obviously, we're, an, we're a big business and we're an expensive business to, to run, so we did have to take some measures to reduce services in the short term to sort of better meet the demand we had. And obviously, we also had a number of colleagues who needed to self-isolate or shield themselves some of whom were drivers and so we'd have been unable to, to meet the full service in any case right so what we did pretty quickly was work really closely with the councils like southampton and hampshire to sort of reduce services down but but to make sure that we still provided links for key workers and, ov- and obviously in particular people trying to get in and out of hospitals yeah. so effectively almost all of our services continue to run but they just ran and are running less often than they were before and then we immediately asked people to tell us if we weren't meeting their needs. So where we had reduced service levels down, were there some missing journeys that they needed to get to a start of a nurse shift or, or to whatever. And we did get a few sort of people who, who got back in touch with us. And as a result of that, we did start to run and are still running some extra journeys, for instance, on Blue Star 17 up, up to the hospital in Southampton. Just mentioning about Blue Star, you've created the Rainbow Bus. We, we, we have. I mean, we want to sort of do our bit. Obviously, buses can't go out and bang saucepans on the... Th- on a Thursday night because they don't have any hands yeah, yeah. what they can do is sort of display a message of thanks to, to, to people who are working in NHS and the care sector and you know looking after everybody so so brilliantly at the moment and I think you've done you know the buses all your drivers all your workers have done a brilliant job in getting our key workers to work and you've been really really important have you found more of a sort of community going on there now uh, I think there is I mean the first thing to say is that, that all of our employees have been absolutely brilliant in this um, obviously you know, everybody's very worried about their own situation and what the future is going to bring but they've sort of put that to one side and have really pulled together to give a, an excellent service and I think certainly in the early days it was very unclear what sort of risks they were putting themselves to and obviously they are putting themselves at some risk by coming to work although we've done lots of things to reduce that risk but they've been absolutely brilliant we've been running the full service and what's really nice is the number of commendations that have come in to us via sort of social media and people emailing to, you know, telling them how pleased they are with our 
our services and I'm immensely proud of everybody who's pulled together both drivers and also back office stuff like engineers and people who are planning the routes and had to make lots of frequent changes you know the whole team has been absolutely superb amazing yep you've kept Southampton going you really have and what does the new normal look like well I think before we get to the new new normal we've got a sort of intermediate normal so (laughs) that, that comes first yes so what we're hoping to do is to increase service levels within the next couple of weeks yeah um that does depend on some funding being confirmed by department for transport because obviously with only carrying sort of 12 15 percent of our normal passenger numbers we just couldn't afford to without without that funding we simply mm-hmm. couldn't afford to pay the wages and, and the fuel for the buses amongst the, all the other costs so we're hoping to get a confirmation on that towards the end of this week when we do that we'll be putting a lot more buses back out there something like about 85 percent of the normal number of buses okay we're not going to quite 100 percent we don't think demand to be quite enough for that mm-hmm. and equally we you know we have to recognize the fact that some of our colleagues are vulnerable and really shouldn't be coming to work at the moment and obviously we wouldn't want to put them right. at any risk but what the extra services will allow us to do is also introduce a sort of a new system for social distancing on the buses yeah because that's quite hard getting onto a bus and normally you get onto a bus and it's packed and you have to stand or there's only one seat how does that work then. Well absolutely of course effectively social distancing and buses in some ways aren't really compatible because one of the real benefits of buses compared with taking the car is that they use up far less road space you don't need to put bigger roads if everybody's on the bus and they're a lot more sort of efficient to use but obviously the downside to that is that people are in quite close together so what we're going to be doing is effectively reducing the capacity of each bus so it will give some space around each person we're going to mark the seats up especially so people know where to sit and it'll give space around each person. Person. It'll obviously still be fine for groups travelling together, people who live together to, yeah. to sit together. But for people who are travelling on their own, which obviously most people are going to from work are, are on their own, um, there'll be space around them so, so they, they'll be safe on the bus. So is that like what you get one double seat? Or how does it work? Um, it's going to be about one seat in four, in actual fact. So okay. effectively, we'll be asking people to sit by the window mm-hmm. in the designated seats and then the row of seats behind them and in front of them will be empty. Right. So each bus will better carry about a quarter of the number of people it'll be able to. I think everyone has to accept, and the government has, has told us this, that there will be some exceptions to that. Um, for particularly very short journeys, I think people can be a bit closer together and, and the government's sort of guidelines is 15 minutes is the, is the time that you should, shouldn't exceed being close to other people. Obviously, they could change that guidance. Okay. Um, and the other thing that we really wouldn't want to do is, although we may have to accept that we will leave some people who want to travel at the side of the road and they need to wait for the next bus, which pains us, but not what we'd normally want to do, but, but we'd have to in this circumstances. Yeah. But we will do our utmost to avoid leaving anybody vulnerable at the side of the road. There are so many good things that people have been doing and just generally going about their work. You know, and people have had some sort of abuse very occasionally, not very much but they put up with that um they've been extreme professional uh, and people have really put the sort of task of moving yeah, moving key workers around ahead of their own sort of families and everything else and still coming into work andrew thank you so so much i know that when we were talking about doing this interview you said to me i've never worked so hard to not get people on buses <laughs> I, I, I know and I've, I've, i'm 33 years into the bus industry now and every one of those years one of my main objectives has been getting more people to travel yeah uh, and now it's not that and you know, we have three <laughs> objectives uh, only three objectives of business one 
one is to protect the, the safety of our colleagues obviously that's always an objective secondly to play a part in society and thirdly is to make sure the company remains viable so everybody keeps their job at the end of the day yeah i guess we sort of have those those objectives anyway sadly the one that everyone in the industry spent all their careers doing about getting more people on buses is, is suspended <laughs> but you know this this won't last forever and there'll be a big thing a big piece of work for us to do actually to show people how safe buses are and the various things we're also doing at the moment like cleaning you know enhanced cleaning regimes of buses and premises and we're really sort of upping the ante with that as well over the next few weeks for when we think there might be some more people starting to travel so that's andy wickham from south coast buses i feel so sorry for him having spent an entire career getting people to travel on buses as many as he can he's now going to go the other way yeah but there's a little insight in there and you know what to expect when you go on public transport in the future in the the new normal you might know to expect one of you to take up four seats we're heading towards the bank holiday weekend and it's the late bank holiday weekend in may which would normally mean common people amongst other things oh my gosh one of my favorite weekends but we do have quite a bit happening across the south but just slightly different to how it would normally be yes i was very much looking forward to this weekend because my seven-year-old daughter was supposed to be going on cub camp um that's the only reason i signed her up to cubs (laughs) so that i would get a night off at some point but what they are doing and i think this is absolutely wonderful the cubs and the scouts and all of that movement are doing a cub camp at home so we have tent ready we have air bed ready i have backdoor key ready to come back in (laughs) what time are you anticipating coming back in about 11 o'clock do you think you'll make it that late you're kidding me i'm coming in before it's dark (laughs) (laughs) got stuff to watch on the telly (laughs) no i think so little is very excited about it It sounds really great right so we've got a little um disposable barbecue and we're going to toast marshmallows and make s'mores and do all of that stuff and they've put the cubs have got lots of different challenges that they've got to do and they'll get a badge at the end of it still and oh how sweet is it that people just sort of let's just keep going i think it's really important for the kids as well that they get to do the things they were looking forward to do at at a time when so many of them aren't able to do things that yeah that would be normal anyway like school for example so fair play to the cubs and scouting movements for encouraging kids to do it but do it in their own homes or gardens who knows what we're going to be making out there I'm thinking it's probably a bit of woodwork or something like that I don't know about that are you going to be doing sing songs around the portable barbecue oh you know us we have a sing song whenever right (laughs) any excuse (laughs) any sort of Disney's songs were there nice well i look forward to hearing let it go sung at the top of your lungs from the back garden around west end on saturday night for the big virtual camp out um how are you feeling by the way because you did get you thought coronavirus at the very beginning of all of this yes so a week before lockdown i just got very very ill and i was thinking no it's not no it's not no it's not anyway it turned out that it it probably was and this week i was really interested to see that they have added a loss of taste and a loss of your sense of smell to the list of symptoms and what was bizarre was about a week into having this horrible bug I made a curry myself because I wanted one that was quite hot and I put in extra so Mm. rather than a teaspoon of 
curry powder, I was putting in a tablespoon of curry powder, which will knock your head off. When I tasted it, it tasted like it was chicken in gravy. But at the time, nobody had said that this was a symptom. And I didn't know. I thought, oh, I'm probably just a bit bunged up and, you know. But my, my taste had gone that much that a blow your head off out the house, out the roof, curry, tasted like gravy. <laughs> so you could have gone to Mexico, you could have had the hottest thing on the menu. Oh, my favourite place. Still not open, by the way. Oh, Mexico, come on, guys. <laughs> Where are you? If you're able, please get that door open because Zoe is desperate for some takeout Mexican. The other thing about Bank Holiday Weekend, I don't know whether you've checked your email yet, but have you seen that everyone is doing online sales at the moment? Oh, no, I haven't. Who's Who, what, where, what can I get? Oh, everything. Thing. I've had Levi's telling me that they're doing 20% off all denim. I've had white stuff telling me they're doing 40% off. <laughs> but this was the middle of the week. So I'm holding my nerve mm. and I'm going to wait and see what increased discounts come my way at the weekend. And I need to get some stuff for the kids, to be honest, because they've both grown out of a lot of stuff right. in the last few months. What I found interesting this week was when people have been talking about or schools have been talking about going back, you know, year R, year one, year six, a lot of the schools have said they don't need to wear uniform because they understand that most of those kids have grown out of it. It's always around this time of the year when you get to that stage where they need new school shoes and you think, no, I don't want to buy new school shoes because they're only going to be in here for two months and then come (laughs) September they'll need new ones anyway. Agreed. So there are small mercies amongst all of this madness. So are you going to go out and buy your kids' clothes then? No, I'm going to do it all online, but I'm holding my nerve. And will they be choosing them or does Dad get to choose clothes? No, I'm quite happy to let them do it. I mean, okay. he's easy. We just clean out Sports Direct. He lives in tracksuits, <laughs> so he's cool. I would just be quite happy for her to be wearing shorts that are less like a J-Lo video. <laughs> and, and it's not because she's chosen that kind of short. It's just because she's had them a year and really we should have replaced them <laughs> to you. <laughs> so that's my bank holiday weekend. I am going to be online clothes shopping for the kids, but I'm holding my nerve and waiting for the better discount vouchers to come. Right, that's the so-so show done for this week. If you spot anything going on in Southampton or anything open, i.e. Mexico, please let us know. You can go to our website, the show.co.uk, or you can find us on all your socials as well um, and, and share us. Let's get it out there. Come on, let's do this. Thanks for uh, dropping by this week. Have a good one, Zoe. And you, Simon.